0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The next feed is right around the corner, and the Astros are ready once again to play for the H for the glory, for the legacy. With a season filled with matchups against the Yankees, Red Sox, Angels, and Rangers, you won't want to miss a single play, inning, or game because this team will never compromise. They will never settle. Come out to Minute Maid Park and join this team in the fight. Ticket packages for the 2018 season are available
1: now and can be purchased at astros.com tickets or by calling 1-877-9ASTRO. We're joined by Julian Morales, who's the field reporter on at and t Sportsnet. she's joining us julia is your microphone work i
2: don't know <laughs> you guys tell me yeah it works <laughs> no, so
1: you go. made the drive with us here today matt bolts jeff blum and i and I uh, we came down trips. here uh, the road trips are great spring training is great in general but you got here maybe a week and a half before we even did what was the tone or the setting or, or the vibe in the clubhouse uh around this team coming off a world championship.
2: I would say, you know, it's such an easy clubhouse and especially because it's there's not a lot of new guys. There's a few in there, but you walk in and it's just a very comfortable atmosphere. Everyone's just uh, happy with obviously what they did last season and happy with the additions. There's just a, it's a good loose group and you know, we come in early and we, we get to sit down with them. So we spend ten, fifteen minutes with these guys, working on some features that'll run throughout the season. It's it's an opportunity for us to not so much ask the day to day questions but get a little deeper on things. Uh, really enjoyed, you know, Josh Reddick sitting down with him, one year in with the Houston Astros and, and now that we've watched you play, what makes you so emotional? Why? You know, we can just dig a little deeper on What's some the of these things. He's, I mean he's always been that way just high that's strong. just yeah that, and, but he says he's gotten better you know one of the things he, he did mention is he used to take it to his you know if there, he didn't get it done at the plate he would take it out to his defense and vice versa and so he was, would try to make up for things and we see that a lot in young players and that's something that he's gotten much better at over the years uh, he loves the way he plays he's not going to change it now I mean he, he likes being that guy that's how he leads a team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he, he even mentioned with Carlos Beltran gone, that this is a chance for him to, to be a little bit more of a leader. However, he, you know, he's, he's I think just his personality his
1: is needed on this team. Absolutely. He yeah. He keeps and, people accountable. And
2: those young guys, I mean, he's, he's just got such a great personality of what you're saying to where they can, they can approach him. They can ask him questions but at the same time. I'm a little bit scared of him. <laughs> you, never, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah. Jeff, I, I've got to ask you this question and. And A.J.'s been brilliant in this sense, and I never would have been able to do, to do what he's done. But he's allowed the young players come into this clubhouse and be themselves right away. And I think that's been very important because they're very talented. Yeah, they are very talented, and
0: you don't necessarily want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel like they have to come out and play hard and earn it. But when you came to the big leagues, that I was scared shut, out of my mind. shut your pie hole, right? Oh, I didn't say a word, and I never got near the training room. That, yeah. And that's completely changed. These guys are fearless <laughs> going into the training room even where that was just taboo. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the guys that are already in the clubhouse, allowing them to move in and and be who they are. Uh, they, you have an idea of what this ball club does because it's because Jose Altuve sets the tone. Uh, if you follow everything that Jose Altuve does, he's humble, but he works hard and he's exceptional at his job. That's what you want to get from all these guys. So those guys set the tone as far as example. It doesn't have to be a verbal a verbal key or a berating when you come in or, you know, hey, rookie, you got to know, you know, being labeled like that. Mm. I don't think these guys really rely on labels. They just rely on the fact that we're going to go out and play good baseball. And if you don't play good baseball with us, we'll get rid of you.
1: Julia, when did you know this team was turning the corner and they were going to be really good and become stars?
2: Oh, you mean before last season? When did it start to come together? Honestly, this time last year, when we were having these conversations like we are now, is when we all kind of looked at each other like, this could be a lot of fun. We could have a, a really good group on our hands. And they saw it, too, and they were starting to say things like that. Um, just that chemistry is such a big part of, of having a good season, and they had that from the beginning. And even with guys gone for World Baseball Classic, there was a lot of time missed. It just seemed like they gelled so quickly. You know, it was early. And you think back to the way the season played out and what April was like uh, the pitching was so good that first week there was no offense do you remember this Altuve terrible. was terrible yep. um you know it's like weird things were happening but it it lasted 6 days and then all of a sudden it came together and it never went away and you know it it was just fun from the the beginning to the end and even through their adversity and just someone stepped up and I and I look back on the, the one centennos and, and Derek Fisher showing up. I mean, these guys Mike showed Myers. up and they, and they performed. I mean, it wasn't, they? wasn't just fill a spot or get up there and, and be quiet and know your role. I mean, these guys came up and hit big home runs and, and, you know, just made tremendous
1: it. defensive plays, <laughs> yeah, all, <laughs> of it,
2: all of it. So I, you know, looking back on it, it's really fun. I was like, wow, I mean, that that was going to be a special season, whether, you know, we knew it at the time or not because Perfect. of all the things that played out over the year.
0: It was for me going back to April and having Dallas Keuchel come out of spring training. There was a lot of question marks about if it, was he going to be right. Had a rough 2016, but he came out and dealt. And like you said, the pitching staff got off to a great start yeah. led by Dallas Keuchel. It's different this season because we get Justin Verlander for a full season. Sparky, talk a little bit about what it's going to be like to watch that guy for maybe
1: 30 to 35 starts. Well, you talk about Josh Reddick keeping players accountable. I think Justin Verlander is going to be able to to set that tone. And, Jeff, I've spoken to you many times about the example that Biggio and Bagwell set in your clubhouse with the Astros and different styles but the same message is you're not going to outwork me. So you better fall fall in line and do what I'm doing. I'm going to hustle down the line like a madman. Reddick does that. Altuve does that. I mean, there's there's a way to go about your business. The Astros do it right, but they have enough players. Verlander will keep the pitchers in line. You know, they'll, they'll study, and Verlander will talk to them, give them tips about how to get better, and that can only rub off in, in good ways.
2: That's what Brian McCann, who's worked with a lot of great pitchers and been on a lot of different teams, worked under good managers, uh, you know, one of the things he said about Verlander was he's – he's who you need. These The, the starting pitchers, the, the relievers, some of these veteran guys that you have on this particular team is what you need to build that dynasty. Because of the – like right now in spring training, these young guys that are in that clubhouse just watching them prepare, he's like, that's how – that's how everyone becomes great from, you know, the guys at the big league level all the way down. It just trickles down. And if you, that's what changes. Mm. That's what changes your entire organization. Then
1: how about the exposure to the players that come into the major league camp that'll go down to the minor leagues and right. follow suit and
2: take it down there. Right. And that's, and McCann was saying that this is, this is what makes this season so exciting for, for the Verlanders and the McCann's who have now, you know, they've had great careers. They have win their world series championship. What next for these guys, right? Well, Winning's kind of addictive. <laughs> so,
1: I think they're just as hungry.
2: Yeah, I think so too. And I, I don't know
1: how, but I think they're no, just as hungry. No, they are just as hungry. But I,
0: the the word I keep hearing from some of these guys is legacy, and I think they're yo- they've um. won at a young enough age where like some of these guys aren't even close to free agency. You know, they're barely arbitration eligible yet they've got a World Series championship under their belt. They're still trying to build a career. They're still tr- this is the foundation of that World Series for them. Is gigantic. They've got that playoff experience and success, which I think really gives them the hunger to go out and do it again because they're so young. They want to do it
1: again. Why wouldn't you? I've got a question for both of you. How important is it in a clubhouse to laugh a lot? Because (laughs) McCann is super funny. George is off the charts stupid, right? Yeah. But there's so many funny guys, and there's a lot of laughter in there, and I think that helps. Right they laugh at they're him. laughing at him yeah. well, you, you, you have to have that you
0: know that team mascot <laughs> that whipping boy yeah the, or team mascot that you yeah. can go out there and kind of abuse a little bit he takes it he gives it i, I laughing through 162 games now it's going to be a little bit different they've got four extra days off so uh you know it's 162 games in 184 days if you can't laugh at yourself you're not going to be, be able to be around each other so these guys' egos kind of check themselves, and you gotta have a little bit of fun. And everybody is vulnerable to a good joke.
1: Well, That's it's really—it's really hard to be serious for that long, <laughs> and to be around each other. <laughs> Ask my wife. Who say? <laughs> <I would> say. <laughs> Ask us. Yeah. We, we have to deal with each it's other. It's
2: important for us. We need somebody to <laughs> laugh at to get through the season. Yeah, they've in looking back at 2017. How many funny things happened throughout the year that just yeah. kind of got them from one. Series to the next, the the burial of Beltron's glove, things like that that Springer <laughs> was behind or, or McCann was behind, just to to kind of waste time before right. the the first pitch is thrown and, and they have a lot of fun with it. This
0: team was kind of unique in the sense for me too. I've I played on a handful of teams in 14 years that actually you know you wanted to hang around with off the field, and it really felt like last year there was a concerted effort by those guys that came yeah. in, the Beltrons and the McCanns and the Reddicks, to say hey. We have an off day in Atlanta. Brian McCann says, come over to my house. Right. Uh, Luke Gregerson, I think, was pretty good at that too when Beltran he was here. little Dinner, team dinners, a little team dinners. Yeah. Playoffs
1: in L.A. a takes everybody up yeah. to a suite at a suite game. an L.A. Clipper game. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, that's,
2: right. that's we how didn't you... get invited to that, did of a little we? of yeah, we little bit of a little bit of a
1: little bit of a 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 little it's fun. What what changed for you in the offseason, guys? I mean, oh. all, all the conversations. I mean, I had it, I mean, crazy conversations changed. with everybody. You know, okay. you're talking to people. Are you talking about for us personally or from what we saw from the team? No. you know, in The, in the experience of winning the World Series and everybody wanting to talk about this team. Yeah. I mean, the city is in love with the Astros.
2: I'm, I'm getting recognized a lot more. So people, yeah. you know, people were really buying into this team earlier. That's This is what that tells me. It means that people saw what they were they were doing early in the season they jumped on board they started watching they started listening and, and they followed and so you know everywhere I went somebody was saying congrats to me like I did something uh, but that but I think that's how the city of Houston felt and all the surrounding areas is that we all had a part of it you know and, and all were in on it whether you were a fan or, or an employee or on the field um, it was that collective just congratulations. Uh, we had a really great year, and we shared that together. It mm. was all together. And I love driving down, you know, especially at that first month or two and the mom-and-pop shots have, <laughs> have the go Astros on their on their signs or welcome the- home world champs or whatever it may be, a, a Dairy Queen, whatever. You know, I mean, it was just that was really cool to me because it was just everywhere. It was Astros everywhere. You no, looked.
0: There was there was a serious investment in the team to begin with because you had likable guys like Altuve, Correa, Springer, and these guys that have been around for a while. And then Harvey hit, and you really got to see, I think, the true personality and the humanity of these guys in that dugout. They understood that they were playing with Houston across their chest. Uh, and I think it was after George hit that home run when we came back and played these New York Mets in Minute Maid Park, and he hits he pounded, that home run he starts pounding that, chest, that, that, that H, H-Town strong patch on his jersey. And I, got chill. I still get chills thinking about it. These guys understand what their purpose was, and they went out there and played for the city of Houston, and they latched on to these guys even more so. But we were all invested. We all wanted this to happen so bad just because we're selfish and we love the Astros, but also for these guys because we know how hard they worked and how much that city deserved it. It was fun to watch. I
1: want to give you a quick update as the, the rain has subsided here now, and we're starting to see some break in the clouds. They're having a conversation with the umpires down the right field line, that's A.J. Hinch and Mickey Calloway, the manager for the New York Mets. The Astros lead 6-1 to one through 3. We've had a rain delay of about 20, 25 minutes to this point. And looks like we may be able to get somebody out here, but none of the players are in the dugout or out on the field right now. Nobody warming up pitching-wise. I want to ask you this, guys. Jeff Blum and Julian Morales alongside here, Steve Sparks. Uh, the t- attendance, season ticket attendance, uh, is going to be much greater at Minute Maid Park this year the noise the ambiance is important <laughs> for radio is it as much so for for television do you notice the difference with a lot of crowd noise it always makes it more enjoyable i know that julia can probably speak to this a little bit better but
0: being up in the booth we, we're still connected at home especially in minute Maid because we're so close to the club level but you can you can hear it in the inflection or the, the inflection in our voices when a good thing good things happen Least I can hold back a little bit. I'd probably lose my voice, but Todd does a very good job of reacting when the crowd reacts too. So we get excited just like everybody else. We can feel it, but it's got to be amazing for, for Julia to be down sideline. Yeah. By the camera, in it, the camera, well. I mean, right. She's basically in the dugout with these guys, and when that crowd gets going, it, it's hard to ignore.
2: I definitely feed off of it, you know, and, and so does the dugout, and that's what I, I get to you see, can see is them I feeding can see off the it. guys get into it when the crowd gets into it. I can't wait for that. And, you know, when we had great crowds last year, we'll do our open segments, And you know, for those who watch and, and get to see us, then, and Todd and Blummer will do their thing, and then sometimes they'll come to me on the field. And if, and that that point of the night or that point of the game, they're introducing uh, you know, something something's going on where they're wanting the crowd to get into it. And if it's loud, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. And I, I'll get adrenaline and I'll get nervous. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, and then I'm playing along with it. Like it's a playoff game, even though it's July 3rd. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been doing this uh, however many games in a row. But, uh, no, I feed off. I love that. And, and I, I can't wait to see who shows up. And I think, uh, you know, especially those first couple of Weeks in April, it is hard for, for fans to get out there early in the year. I don't, I don't see that being a problem this year with, with yeah. so many things to look forward to within that ballpark. Who doesn't want to see the flag? Who doesn't mm. want to you know just go and take a picture with the trophy that's going to be hanging around right. every night? Uh, it just, I look forward to all that.
1: We had dinner the other night, and one of the, the things we were talking about is who's going to come in second place in the American League West and seven or eight people at the dinner table all with the same answer. Yeah, I, I truly believe it's going to be the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim
0: and San Gabriel Valley at the base of the foothills of, uh, you know, or on the San Andreas fault Mi- line, whatever they're a, called. Mix in a comma. Good grief. <laughs> I mean, could we call them by anything else? <laughs> but it, it's gonna, I think it's going to be them. I think, you know, if their rotation for me, it's always been around rotations. And, you know, as much as I hate to say it, it, it does revolve around pitching. They have a very good pitching staff when they are healthy. Garrett Richards is dominant, and he's had great success against the Houston Astros. Uh, Andrew, Heaney's another guy out there, a left-handed pitcher. They're trying to get him back. Skaggs, Skaggs a couple shoemaker. of shoemaker. And what are they going to do with uh, that? What's that guy? They picked up a Japanese pitcher <laughs> position. I can't remember <laughs> I his name. I've never heard of him. But um, what are they going to do with him? I'm kind of curious about that. But Mike Trout and some of the complimentary pieces they've got: Kozart at third base, Ian Kinsler, uh,
1: Justin Upton signed a long-term contract. And Simmons coming off a great year. Yeah,
0: yeah they, they're they're going to be a formidable force. And I, I just I'm not buying into the Seattle Mariners. For me, I just don't think that they've made the necessary adjustments, and really? I haven't seen King Felix make that adjustment uh, to to pitching without the velocity. Paxton, for me, is he going to be healthy enough to pitch a full season? Stuff like that. Just a lot of question marks.
1: Well, if Paxton is healthy, yeah. in, in my opinion, he may be he might be one the best of the top pitcher. two or three pitchers yeah. that, in the American League. Yeah. Oh, he's Absolutely. fun to
2: watch. I'm wondering about the A's this year. Might be a little. They're they're gonna gonna be the Astros Yeah, they're going
0: to be sneaky good because I they so don't too. care. They've got nothing to lose. Matt <laughs> okay. Olsen,
1: Matt Chapman, those guys can rake. Yeah. Chad Lowry's always going to hit a double falling out of bed. Mania, the left-handed pitcher, has always pitched well against us. Right. Um, it's good. I mean, the Astros on paper, and you look at Pocota, the spreadsheets, and all all the all the things talking about the Astros uh, should win 99, 100 baseball games, and it doesn't seem far-fetched, but a lot of things, Julia, go into that.
2: Joe Smith uh, coming over, one of the things he says. is, he was like, "What's the y'all didn't y'all didn't get the record he's asking me, you know. What was the record for number of wins? They didn't get it last year." Like, "No, they came close, just a so one away." And he's like, "Oh, we're getting that record. We're going to win, you know, more than 100 games is going to happen." There's, there's a just lot too that, much talent gosh, on this team. There's and, a
1: lot that has to go right. I know. Do has, you realize you know that's 100 plus saying. wins. How amazing it's that hard, is. Right. I <laughs> you know what, for me and, and players think about this a lot. You can't always trust the results whether it's hit the ball hard but right at somebody, things of that nature. And sometimes if you play the game the right way, you can't always trust. Sometimes thing, you know, you get a bad bounce or guys go into slumps and things don't go well. But if they stay healthy, it just seems to me like this team is destined to get to the playoffs once again. I think Absolutely. it's pretty safe to say.
2: Which is why last year was was so special. For those of us who watched them grind out some some injuries to – very key players. I mean, it was every, it seemed like everybody had something at some point in the season. Of course, we talk about the starting rotation all going down at the yeah, same time. Yeah, the month time. of August
0: with Correa, too, at the same time. Yeah, I mean. Was just,
2: you know, looking back, and you kind of, you kind of forget that with all the, the joy that comes with winning. But when you start to break down 2017, they didn't have it easy at times.
1: They didn't. You know what? And the pitching staff is so loaded, so deep. And Jeff, whenever you go into a series as a hitter, and you know you're going to face blah, blah, blah in a three-game series. The Astros have no softness oh. in their rotation. You know, if everybody stays healthy, you're looking at Verlander, Keichel, Cole. I think they'll split Keichel and Cole up and probably put McCullers in between those two just because it looks like Cole is your one of your workhorses that can get you close to 200 innings. And that keeps the bullpen easy, more easily intact. And then you throw in... 97 mile an hour bowling balls and charlie morton It yeah. it stinks to be a hitter in this division
0: no it really does and the only thing i can equate it to is when i came up in 1999 playing in the national league east against the atlanta braves and they would go smoltz glavin maddox on a weekend and you were just going oh my gosh i can't so, even salvage if you go one for 12 it's a good weekend against those guys <laughs> you know so it's going to be real similar against these houston astros And even if you face that, like you said, the tail end of that rotation and say it is, you go into a series and it's Cole, Morton, Verlander, or Keichel. I mean, give me a break. I mean, you better – we talked about the pitchers during the first part of this game having to face this offense and how each at-bats a grind. You go into these these hitters meetings and you get scouting reports on – a guy who's a potential Hall of Famer. Another guy's got a Cy Young under his belt, and then you've got several number one picks backing him up. And, oh, by the way, there's some crusty old veteran named Charlie Morton who right. comes at you <laughs> throwing, you know, hand
1: breakers at 97 miles an hour. With a snap, and breaking ball. I mean, it's, just, it's stupid. Let's talk about the instructors. It's one thing to have a lot of information, uh, the analytics, but it's another thing to be able to teach. And the o- Astros coaching staff continually, we're around them a lot. Impress in that manner. Well, Brent Strong. Start, I was going to say, do you start with Strong? Gary to say, where do you Strome? go? And
2: these guys put in some hours in spring training, too. It's hard to track them down. That's one of my favorite things is to have the casual conversations with them throughout the year. You know their schedule, but in spring training, you can't even find these guys. They're, they're there all day, all night. I'm looking forward to, to getting to know a spot a little bit more and all of his knowledge and mm. his, you know, his years in the game. And, of course, we love Alex Centron, and, and the players do, too. They really respond to him. so.
0: I think he was a great addition to this ball club because he's kind of yeah. started out as an interpreter, but he brought way more to the table than being an right. interpreter. He was actually bringing a he lot was of working. knowledge. Yeah,
2: he was working. And, you know, Jeff Albert and Doug White, who've been around, we haven't gotten to know too well just because we haven't had them at the big league level. So looking forward to getting to know them too. And spring training, this is an important time. I was saying to Plummer and the guys, it's an important time for them as they kind of get to know each other and how they relay the information to the players. But They've got a a good leader in in Mm. A.J. and and how detail-oriented he is. He'll get them all working the way he wants to. Uh, But, yeah, GP and Strami, they've just built such a great relationship with all those guys. There's so much trust. Well, you
1: talk about relationships, Julia, and and I was asking Jeff yesterday before the game, and we were talking about who your favorite hitting coach was in in your, your career, and you said Sean Barry, who was your hitting coach with the Astros, and I think it starts a lot with personality, developing trust, uh, and the Astros have developed those those relationships with these players, and there's a lot of trust both ways.
0: There's got to be a lot of trust because the information that Dave Hudgens has given these guys is going to help them get through those A.B.s, but there's also got to be good feedback, and if you don't have that trust, you're not going to listen to the feedback you get back. It's going to sound more like criticisms as opposed to understanding that Dave Hudgens, even though he might be – critiquing you a little bit it's for your own benefit these guys that's how that trust is developed is understanding that hudgie is going to give you the information and the adjustments that's going to make you a better ball player Mm. and it's nice when you have a chance in spring training to kind of go in the cage really break down, slow down things, put that ball on a tee and stop the baseball. Yeah. So you can go piece by piece with your swing and ask Dave, ask Haji, you know, is this where you want my barrel at? They can. They have access to video. They're taping everything. So they can take a snapshot. You can look at it, and maybe it, it looks a little bit different than it feels. And then you can get in the cage get the barrel on it, take a couple of practice swings before you get in there and try and face a guy that's throwing 95 miles an hour trying to punch you out. That's where things start to get a little squirrely. So you get in the cage, slow it down, and it's a lot more fun that way. But these guys are having a good time, and when you have the success that these guys have and you're watching the guy in
1: front of you do it, makes it a lot easier for you to believe in the program too. It's funny how some players learn visually and some can learn yeah. by, by word of mouth. Julia, your husband, Matt, he has been a professional baseball player for such a long time can attest to that.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And also just, you know, Hudge versus Albert, two great coaches. You're just going to maybe lean one way or the other, right? And Personalities. You'll, just work, right? you'll just work better. That's life. That's, right. that's every day for, for everyone. Right, so. like,
1: I would talk to you way before Blummer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sport working
1: from the first base side of the rubber. Baseball is the only game you can see on the radio. Catch on the way. Down ball, right side, into the shift, to his left, Altuve has it in short right, throws to first, and the Astros are 2017 World Series champions! See
0: all the magic all summer long.
1: Game 7 on the road at Dodger Stadium, and the Astros prevail, World Series champions! Right here, we love our fans, we love the city, on the Astros radio network.